the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I see my name in shiny lights, yeah, a different city every night, oh, I, I swear, the world better prepare for when I'm a billionaire. It's time to get down to business on the weekend's number one business program. Known as the king of networking, your host, Shalom Klein, has worked with thousands of entrepreneurs and created countless jobs. So, to success, let's get down to business. And indeed, we're all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship and business. We are all about small business here on Get Down to Business. Check out my website, ShalomKlein.com. And while you're there, don't forget to follow me on Twitter, at Shalom Klein. It's going to be a jam-packed week of content and information you will not want to miss. We're going to kick it off with a fantastic guest who has been an entrepreneur since dropping out of university at age 19 and now 50 years old. He's built businesses in publishing, digital marketing, adult education, coaching, preschool education, and he sold each and every one of them. During the pandemic, he made 48 business acquisitions to create the fourth largest group in his sector in under three years. That's Jonathan Jay, who is also the author of Business Buying Strategies, and we're going to talk all about that. Jonathan, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. It's an honor to have you. You have uh, quite an interesting background. Let's talk about uh, the very beginning over there, uh, dropping out of university at age 18. What was your plan, and did you ever imagine that you'd be at this point right now? Well, the plan was to own a business. I didn't know what sort of business I wanted to own. And to be fair, it didn't really go according to plan for a few years. I was um, <laughs> I, I was jumping from one thing to another, not really making much money. And it took me a few years to find my feet. So it's not something that I would recommend to people, uh, even though I did it myself. Amazing. Amazing. It's quite an impressive story. So as mentioned in your bio, uh, You've really taken advantage of your time during the pandemic, uh, done a lot of acquisitions, which is impressive. So, you know, I want to get into the nuts and bolts over here about business acquisitions, which you talk about a business buying strategies. Uh, I'm, I'm curious, what is sort of your uh, your philosophy, your mindset uh, on, on who is the right fit for business ownership and, and buying and selling businesses? I think that anyone should be able to buy a business. You see, uh, it's always been something that rich people have done or large companies have done or private equity has done. I believe that anyone should be able to buy a business. So what I have done is I've created a series of deal structures, which means that an employee or even someone who isn't working can acquire a profitable business without having to spend a penny of their own money. And this means that business acquisition, business ownership is open to anyone who's prepared to put the time in, put the effort in and learn how to do it. Okay, Jonathan, you've sold me. You've sold me. Business ownership, super important. But why is buying a business faster than, say, starting a business from scratch? Well, when you start a business from scratch, you don't know whether it's going to work, do you? You could spend years trying to figure out the right product, the right service, the right pricing, trying to find the customers, build the website, get the office, hire the staff, 
And and you could spend years just finding out whether the product or service is what people want to buy. But when you buy an established profitable business, you're buying a business that's got a trading history. So it's already got maybe a million dollars in annual sales. It's already got the office. It's already got the staff, the website, the marketing. But more importantly than anything, it's already got cash flow. It's got positive cash flow. And when you buy a business with positive cash flow, that positive cash flow goes straight into your pocket from day one. Indeed. I'm chatting with Jonathan Jay, who has written the book, quite literally, Business Buying Strategies, The Solution to Your Business Growth Problem. And indeed, our, you know that was a perfect segue into talking about how to do it uh, you know, most effectively. But, you know, Jonathan, when you got started and you decided after dropping out of university at age uh, 18, 19, um, I, I have to assume that you did not have as much cash as you have right now. So for many of our listeners that are, that are, you know, they're nodding their heads vigorously, they agree with you, they want to buy a business, but how can you do it without risking your own cash? Okay. So the key to this, the secret of this is to find the right business with the right type of owner, the right person selling. And the person we want to find is someone who is motivated to sell their business for reasons other than making money. And that's typically because, number one, they have made money over the years of business ownership and don't need to make it all on the exit. And number two, there is a motivation for selling sooner rather than later And that is usually a combination of retirement and ill health. Typically, it's one or the other or maybe both of those things. So when we have a motivated seller who's motivated by things other than making money upon the sale of their business, if you've got a good relationship with that person, you can structure a deal that allows them to uh, sell for something. I mean, we're not asking people to give us their business for nothing. What we want to be able to do is to finance that acquisition through other means. So there's all different types of finance that we can use to buy the business. But the one that's the easiest for anyone to do, regardless of your credit score, is to do what we call seller finance. And seller finance means that we buy the business now, but we pay for it later. So we pay for the business over one, two, three, four, sometimes even five or more years out of the profits of the business so the seller can retire, spend time with the grandchildren, enjoy the world cruise. They can give up the business so they don't have all that stress. You have the business, you have the positive cash flow, and every quarter, every year, a percentage of that profit goes back to the owner of the business in payment for the business. Interesting. So you have, uh, as we said, made uh, and done 48 acquisitions in less than three years. There's a couple of questions I have on that. But let's start with, what is the secret to finding great, not just good, but great businesses to buy? Well, um, the secret of finding great businesses to buy is to go off market. If you go to the business brokers, the, the realtors for businesses, then they are showing the same business to lots of people. It becomes very competitive. The price goes up. um, And that's just not good for a first-time buyer. A first-time buyer needs to find an owner who wants to sell but hasn't yet advertised the business for sale. So how do we find that person? Well, it's a bit of a numbers game. So what we are doing is we're contacting lots and lots of business owners, and some of them will raise their hand and say, yes, I'm interested in talking to you. 
Interesting. So again, chatting with Jonathan Jay over here, who has literally written the book, Business Buying Strategies, The Solution to Your Business Growth Problem. Um, Jonathan, we mentioned that you used the opportunity during the pandemic to stay quite busy, quite busy. And we'll talk about your work-life balance in just a moment. But 48 (laughs) business acquisitions, my friend, that's that's wild. How, How did you do it? Uh, well, people ask me how I, you know, what advice I'd give on buying 48 businesses in two and a half years. And my advice is don't do it. <laughs> and it was, um, it was massively stressful. In fact, it was so stressful uh, combined, yeah, the stress of buying 48 businesses combined with a pandemic where no one knew what was happening. Um, I actually ended up in hospital at one point. So I'm a, I'm a very uh, strong advocate of a healthy work-life balance because my life was all work, work, work during that time. But it was an interesting period because there were more people wanting to sell, but less people wanting to buy. So I saw that as an opportunity. Lots of sellers, very few buyers. So I could basically write the terms of each deal. And I looked at 500 businesses to buy those 48. <laughs> Rural numbers over there. So definitely work-life balance, super, very, uh, super important. And I know you talk a lot about that, um, avoiding that mental, physical burnout. But uh, Jonathan, as we come to a conclusion in our conversation, what is the number one mistake that you've made over your years in business that you want our listeners to avoid? Maybe a, a little secret over here. Yeah. So the number one mistake is um, is buying businesses that are underperforming and thinking that you can turn them around. Our, our ego gets in the way. We, we say, we know the solution to the problems this business has. What we're going to do, we're going to solve all these problems. And then we're going to have an amazing business that we can we can sell for a fortune. The reality is it's incredibly hard work. I've done it successfully. I've done it and I failed. I'd never do it again. Buy businesses that are established, profitable, already successful, that will make you money from day one. Absolutely, absolutely. Jonathan Jay, really appreciate our conversation. I've already learned so much, and I know that there's so much more to learn from your book and from all of your work. How can we get in touch with you and continue to follow your important work on business acquisitions? Find me on LinkedIn, connect with me on LinkedIn, send me a message there and find my YouTube channel, Jonathan J on YouTube, over 200 videos on how to buy a business successfully. Fantastic. Jonathan J, really appreciate you uh, sharing not only the good, but also a little bit of the ugly too, uh, which certainly uh, sometimes the best way to uh, to learn the right way to business acquisition, everything business ownership. I know our listeners will appreciate it. We'll put all of the details in the show notes. Uh, and speaking of show notes, you can find all of the 10, past 10 plus years of shows all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship um, by going on your favorite podcast app, Google, Apple, Spotify, it doesn't really matter. Just search for Get Down to Business, but make sure you leave a review. Rate, review, and share makes it easy, even easier for others to find out about the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Quick break. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back with lots more small business jobs and entrepreneurship and Get Down to Business.
Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business, jobs, and entrepreneurship. So we know that a cloud, that everybody talks about the cloud, and certainly everybody's talking about cloud software. Enterprise-level cloud software sales have become the holy grail, if you will, of B2B selling. And by employing software as a service, also known as SaaS, the vendor takes over the task of deploying and maintaining applications. I'm thrilled to be joined by the author of Selling the Cloud. That's Mark Pacherzi, who's worked in the enterprise and cloud software ecosystem for 25 years. He's held senior leadership positions at Oracle, Accenture, Deloitte, and so many other companies. Mark Pacherzi, welcome to the program. Good morning, Shalom. Happy to be here. It's great to have you. So selling the cloud. This is an interesting niche topic and certainly something that is being spoken about quite a bit lately. So Mark, what inspired you and your co-author, Paul, to write this book? Well, Shalom, I think the biggest thing is, um, even though it's very much of a niche subject, it's really the baseline of a business in many cases, particularly small business. And what we mean by that is with, with cloud software now, you know, small businesses are able to, to match the capabilities of the largest, you know, companies on the planet. And they can do it with very efficient um, cloud software and you know, building their approaches with really, you know, 95% of all the tools of the biggest companies out there. Very, very interesting indeed. So software as a service sale, um, it's it's a little bit different from other uh, folks that might be tuning into this program that are used to more common business to business sales. So again, you wrote the book, Literally Selling the Cloud. Why is this market different than all other markets? Yeah, well, it's been a really interesting evolution over the years. Um, software selling, you know, evolved in a very tactical, um, non-strategic way, um, you know, as it's evolved as an industry. And the, the biggest reason for that is there was, you know, typically a very large payment made by a client at the beginning of a, of a deal. And, you know, that payment would be made for, you know, in enterprise software for millions or tens of millions of dollars. And then all the work would begin, the implementation, the coordination. And really, that's when a client would get to know the company they were working with, whether it was Oracle or SAP or, or any of the, you know, the more legacy players. And really, it all changed with, you know, Mark Benioff and individuals like Scott Share at Ultimate Software that decided that this was not the way to build strong and positive customer relationships. And, you know, really what, because all the, you know, a big portion of the, um, the transfer of, of uh, you know, of dollars or whatever else, uh, currency throughout the world uh, happened right at the beginning. So these, these software vendors were not as motivated to making sure that, you know, the, the client was happy a year, two, five, or 10 years later down the road. Um, Mark Benioff really changed that. He, he thought there was a different way to do it. He thought there were, there were tangible impact and benefits to it, but he also thought that it would change the game on customer relationships, and it did. So, um, you know, with the subscription-type model, you don't just sell the company once. Um, you really are selling them for the initial, uh, initial engagement, initial approach, 
And then you really have to make sure you're delivering on that customer success promise every month, every day, you know, and what has happened is these relationships have gotten much larger. There are still, you know, Salesforce as a company has been around 20, 21 years, and there are, you know, many, many clients, large and small, that signed up in the early years with Mark and his team and are still clients today and still happy clients today. So that changed the entire way that selling occurred. And it's it's a really good thing for, for buyers, really good thing for, for good sales reps and good sales leaders that are willing to put in the extra effort that it takes to build longstanding client relationships. Absolutely. And one thing that you've discovered that is somewhat unique over here is that uh, women are excelling in sales. And so you've written about this in the book. Again, it's called Selling the Cloud, uh, which is a playbook for success in cloud software and enterprise sales, which, again, there's a lot of lessons that can be taught across sales overall. And we're going to dig into some of those areas in just a moment. But what it, why is it that you feel that women excel in sales? Yeah, well, the good news there is women excel in lots of things, and, uh, but sales is, is, a, is a specialty. Um, and really, it comes down to the, the type of relationships that women build on average versus men. And, and of course, there's examples of you know, men who do this really well, and there's examples of women who don't do it really well. But on average, you know, the fact that women in general, um, in my belief, have more empathy. They, they really can sit on the both sides of a, of a um, you know, conference room table or office meeting location and really see what the, you know, the, the buyer, the prospect is looking at and thinking of and really kind of spend some time in that individual's shoes um, and that ability to, to see it from both sides allows them to be much more, you know, effective in these longstanding relationships. So uh, it's something we've noticed throughout our career, and uh, it's just getting stronger and stronger as we go on. That's wild. That's great. That's fantastic. And I appreciate you uh, highlighting that over here. So uh, again, as uh, as promised, we're chatting with Mark Petruzzi, who has literally written the playbook on cloud sales, but there are a lot of uh, common uh, commonalities in sales, something that you and your co-author, um, Paul, who also has uh, quite a bit of experience, have highlighted. What are some of the three most uh, powerful sales strategies? Well, I think the, you know, the, the way sales works, particularly in this this long term uh, cloud software type of relationship, and by the way, this is this is happening in lots of other industries and other spaces as well, where these where these um, cloud long term customer success based relationships are becoming the norm, and there are lots of industries, you know, medical device and areas of electronics that have moved towards what is called a, you know, excess, you know, it's everything as a service where they pull together, you know, the, the hardware, whether it be a medical device um, system and all the software that goes along with it and they combine it together. So the relationships um, and the 
structure matters. The sales strategies to get this right really comes down to making sure that that there is, uh, you know, there is a, a real understanding of the problems that a, a prospect has and a real um, strong positioning of how the software or other product solves those problems. And when it comes down to that kind of baseline, um, they're, they're, you know, it's, it's easy to move a deal forward um, when you know you're bringing that type of capability and solutions to a, a new prospect, a new client. Um, the second part of it is ties back to what has started again in software, um, but has moved into other industries, and that's the mindset of customer success. Um, so a customer success group is really built around making sure that, you know, that a customer is successful from the beginning. So the initial launch, the initial activation, which software companies call it, and they make sure that there's some sort of cadence over a longer period to ensure that that success continues. And again, it's built because it's very easy to end a subscription in the SaaS environment and uh, very easy for to have a churn that is unacceptable. Clients that are, are leaving in, in um, you know, a higher percentage than would be just normal attrition. Absolutely. Um, Mark, we're going to have to leave it there because we are out of time. Again, I've been chatting with Mark Petruzzi. He's worked in the enterprise and cloud software ecosystem for 25 years and has written the book in Selling the Cloud, a playbook for success in cloud software and enterprise sales. Mark, how can we get in touch with you and pick up a copy of the book? Yep. You can you can find us on LinkedIn. Selling the Cloud is all you need to, to type in for that. And uh, hopefully we can also add my... my uh, Contact information, it's M as in Mark, V as in Vincent, last name Petruzzi at gmail.com. Best way to get us. Well, we'll share that in the show notes as well. Mark Petruzzi, thanks so much for sharing your expertise with us. That's a break for us. We've got to squeeze in a quick headline commercials. We'll be right back on the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. I've got a real treat in store for you. I have Riley Bennett, who is the founder of Amazing Marketing Co., a full-service Amazon marketing agency, the number one, that's right, the number one Amazon agency by Maple. He's the top 1% of Amazon experts on Upwork, having helped over 100 brands and managed over $10 million in Amazon ads. I know this is something that everybody cares deeply about. Welcome, Riley Bennett, to the program. Hey, thanks for having me, and uh, yeah, glad, glad I could make it. Absolutely. It's, uh, you are the true digital nomad Amazon expert. So, Riley, I'll always love to get to know the person behind the microphone. When did you tap into the Amazon potential? What's the story behind that? Yeah, I uh, came to an e-commerce conference actually out here in Thailand uh, 2014 and um, met some guys doing Amazon stuff and got into the game then and uh, yeah, never looked back. 
That's wild. So, you know, Amazon, I think, is often misunderstood. I think that, uh, you know, for, for a consumer, you know, you, you, you see this wizard behind the curtain that must be orchestrating things. But I know, Riley, you have uh, been able to, uh, to, to hack, hack the system and really help, especially small businesses, really tap their full potential. So let's talk about some of your successes, some of the things that you're most proud of. And then maybe we'll be able to get a couple of tips and information for our listeners as well. Yeah, sure. So, like, like general Amazon strategy stuff, or kind of any any area about Amazon. What have you done? I mean, how? What? What's your biggest success that you're most proud of in uh, in utilizing Amazon? Yeah, well, you know, one, I started with my own brand. Uh, I've created a couple brands. I still sell one today called the Sticky Wallet, Spandex Stick On Phone Wallets, um, and so that's you know been you know. Um, my full-time business for, for eight years. Uh, and then starting the agency um, almost five years ago now, I've helped actually work with over 300 brands uh, now. Uh, but something I'm actually really proud of is uh, my younger brother uh, was inspired by me and in 2017 launched his first brand. He's launched three brands and sold one uh, just last year for multiple uh, six figures. And uh, my mom also uh, came up with an invention and I helped her launch that on Amazon. It's been selling steadily for almost four years now and that's a nice side income for her so so this personal this not this not just work for you but this is very very personal and that's awesome sharing those family successes as well so riley again i don't want to share all the secrets because i know you've literally written the book and i know you help a lot of folks um to really maximize their amazon selling and advertising potential Um, but riley what are some of the, the the biggest secrets that you've discovered that perhaps our listeners can put to use in the weeks and months ahead uh, well, if it comes down to, to Amazon stuff, um, I talk to brands and sellers every day. Um, you know, just like any social channel, you, you got to have strong video content and you got to have uh, strong UGC, uh, customer customer reviews, customer testimonials. And so if you're, if you're on Amazon and you don't, uh, you haven't collabed with influencers, get your product in the hands of influencers, especially now Amazon influencers. Amazon is trying to be like YouTube and have their whole Amazon influencer platform. So definitely do that if you haven't yet. Absolutely, and just marketing in general, Riley. You are uh, you are a marketing guru. You've you've been uh, you've gotten a lot of a lot of accolades for all that you've done, certainly on Amazon, but just in general, and uh, certainly uh, again maximizing you know uh, comments, reviews, and being coming an influencer is certainly important. But Riley, for for our listeners, for small business owners and entrepreneurs that might be tuning in, what are some of the the the, the most important marketing uh, hacks that you've discovered? Um, yeah, marketing hacks. Well, in terms of Amazon, um, just stay, stay ahead of their new features. And so that Amazon live slash Amazon influencer is a, is a huge thing. Um, and then most companies, whether you're, your physical product or any sort of business, you're not utilizing video enough. So I tell these physical product brands, do an infomercial. This is something you can whip out your phone today, put it on a tripod, whip out your product and start talking about it for five minutes, 10 minutes. Do your own at-home infomercial. That is going to do so much heavy lifting, uh, whether it's your Amazon listing or even if it's your website. So I would say everyone should do that. Great. And uh, Riley, last uh, last thing over here. Where uh, where do you see Amazon going in the coming years? Are there any things that you're looking out oh. for and, and uh, sort of a crystal ball into the future? Oh, man. Um, in short, Amazon is wants to take over the world. 
you know, Jeff Bezos is going, going to the moon and then Mars. And so Amazon is just getting started. Uh, they haven't even released their AI yet. And so, you know, every company is coming out with their, their chat GBT, their AI. And so they're going to have um, Alexa have that. And you're going to be able to chat with Alexa like a human being. You're going to be able to have these virtual reality goggles and see any product that you want right there in your hands, in your home. And so, uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, just getting started. It's going to get crazy. That's wild. Riley Bennett really enjoyed our conversation, learned a lot in our conversation. The Amazon marketing nomad digital expert, that's Riley Bennett. Riley, how can we get in touch with you, your team, learn more about your services? Uh, yeah, amazingmarketingco.com. That's, that's our, our agency. Uh, and then you can find my YouTube channel uh, by searching Riley Bennett Amazon on YouTube. Fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us, Riley. Really enjoyed our conversation. Um, We'll put that information in the show notes as well. And speaking of show notes, we'll also put in um, our amazing partners here at healthplanchicago.com for all of your health insurance and affordable care needs. Anywhere around the country, frankly, around the world, do you want to talk to Tom or Abali? You can reach him on his website, healthplanchicago.com, or give him a call, 630-863-3477-630-863. Three, four, seven, seven. A quick break here on the show, all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. We got a lot more in store for you when we come back in just a moment. And we're back on the show, all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. I'm thrilled to be joined by Dan Thompson, who's a seasoned financial advisor and business owner with almost four decades of experience. He started his career as a stockbroker in 1986, but witnessed the 2001 stock market crash and realized the need for safer and more predictable investment strategies. Uh, He has uh, researched and discovered unique strategies, including the infinite banking concept, which we're going to talk about. Um, But uh, Dan is actually the author of of his latest book, The Four Keys to Building Wealth, where he educates others on many strategies. He's been seen on Fox, USA Today, NBC, and CBS. Dan Thompson, welcome to the program. Hey, thank you. Glad to be here. Absolutely. It's great to have you. So you have uh, a lot of experience, but you are, uh, you are an innovator. You are, you are evolving and you are an educator. You're teaching others about your practices. But I'd like to start in the very beginning, get him chatting with Dan Thompson. Dan, what inspired you to become a financial advisor in the first place? Why that career? Yeah, by the way, you scared me when you said almost four decades. Holy smokes, I'm getting old. Uh, but uh, <laughs> when, I was, when I was 15, I was in the back seat of the car with my dad who had a, who had a friend, um, and they were just chatting away. And this friend said he made $30,000 that month in the stock market. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm, I'm 15. I'm working for a landscaper for 2 bucks an hour. I'm like, this would, that would take me yeah, a year to make $30,000. And he did it in a month. And literally from that moment on, I said to myself, I have to be a stockbroker. So since I was 15, and finally by the time I was uh, about 23, I just kept asking brokerage firms to hire me, hire me, hire me. And finally one of them gave me a shot. Wild. Well, uh, I know you're passionate about the career so much so that you've continued to uh, ride the wave even through uh, the uh, 2001 stock market crash and the uh, ups and downs, sometimes more ups, sometimes more downs in our economy. So I'm curious, what happened on this journey that led you away from the traditional Wall Street investments like stocks and 401ks to more non-traditional investing? 
Well, the 15 years that I was more traditional, it just—it was just the roller coaster ride. Every time we would do well for two or three or five years, um, we'd take some massive steps back. And as as my client base was getting older, I realized how do you how do you retire with all your money tied to the stock market? And for the most part, every 401k out there, you know, is packed full of mutual funds that are tied to the markets. And how do you predictably retire? And then if you did retire, say in 1999, and then you got hit in 2000 and 2001 with that massive 40, 50% drop, now what? I mean, is it, you know, welcome to Walmart? And so I just had to find better strategies that were a little more consistent. I was even willing to take a little less return for more consistency and more predictability come to find out if you do these things right, you actually will typically outperform even the more riskier type investments. Absolutely. I'm chatting with Dan Thompson, who is a seasoned financial advisor and business owner. Dan, can you explain a little bit more about your investment philosophy and the goals that you hope to achieve through that philosophy, both personally as well as on behalf of your clients? Yeah, well, early on, I kind of got... introduced to this infinite banking concept, which was very interesting to me. Uh, But what I also found out very quickly is that it needed a little bit of a boost to it. So basically the infinite banking concept starts with the premise that you want your money to to start inside of a well-designed, high cash value life insurance policy, which is great. But then they, they typically use that policy to buy stuff. In other words, you'd kind of become your own bank. If you needed a car, you'd borrow from the policy, pay yourself back. And that's, you know, that was kind of the the gist of it. What I realized early on is that you're never going to get wealthy buying cars or using it for vacation, no matter how much you paid yourself back. It just wasn't going to give you that impetus to really grow your wealth. So we realized early on, you need to be using that policy for appreciating assets, and not only appreciating assets, but assets that could potentially give you some tax advantages as as well. So if you could reduce, maybe even eliminate your taxes, if you had appreciating assets or assets that gave you some, you know, uh, some additional income stream, then now you're double dipping. Your, Your money's in the policy. It's doing its thing. You're leveraging the policy into other assets. And then we even found that you could leverage the policy into other policies <laughs> and really keep your money safe and protected, but get into higher rates of return and, again, with tax advantages. Absolutely. I'm chatting with Dan Thompson. Dan, we're going to have to squeeze in a break in just about a minute, and then we're going to continue our conversation with you. But real quick, um, where is your practice and who can you work with? So um, we're based in Boise, Idaho, but we work all across the country. Uh, Most people uh, don't live here in Idaho. Uh, Most of our clients are spread out from New York to California. Fantastic. Dan, um, how can we get in touch with you if we want to learn more about your practice as well as, of course, your book, which we're going to talk about more after the break? Yeah, the easiest way is the website, uh, wisemoneytools.com. Um, Also, my YouTube channel. Either way can grab me pretty quickly. 
Fantastic. Again, Wise Money Tools. If you just search on uh, on, on Google, you'll find uh, Wise Money Tools. And of course, that YouTube channel where I know, Dan, you're posting a lot of tips, advice, information around the four keys, which we're going to talk about in just a moment, building wealth, time compounding, uh, leverage, and tax advantages. Again, we're chatting with Dan Thompson. More small business jobs and entrepreneurship when we get back after this quick break. But use this quick break to subscribe, rate, review, and share on this program. Just search for Get Down to Business on your favorite podcast app. Again, a quick break. More with Dan Thompson in just a moment. And we are back on Get Down to Business, the show all about small business, jobs, and entrepreneurship. I'm chatting with Dan Thompson, seasoned financial advisor and business owner, and the author of The Four Keys to Building Wealth. Dan, we were talking about your practice based in Boise, Idaho, but as you said, you've got clients all over the country. What are some of the major struggles you're seeing in the financial lives of your clients, and how do you help them get out of those struggles? I think the biggest one is just uh, kind of what we alluded to just a little bit earlier that most people think that all they got to do is put money in their 401k and they're going to live happily ever after. The problem is they're kicking the can of taxes down the road. We don't know what tax bracket they're going to be in. All that money is tied typically to the stock market. So it's riding the ups and downs. When it comes to taking income, it's one of the most difficult things to take income from because you don't know how much to take. And if you take income and have a stock market drop in the same year, you can watch your portfolio dwindle fairly quickly. So you've got to have a more stable base and then look for predictable ways to produce that additional income for retirement. Absolutely. So Dan, you talk about the four keys. It's literally the title of your book, but I know you are all over, as we said a moment ago, on uh, all over YouTube, sharing information about building wealth, about the four keys. Let's talk about what those four keys are and why are they so important to you? Okay. So it's really pretty simple. Um, time is number one. None of us know how much time we get to spend on this planet. So Anytime we're trying to build wealth, the more time we have to do that, the greater our opportunity to get where we want to be. So I always say you never get back yesterday. So start today. You got to get that money working for you today, which leads into number two, which is compounding. Compounding is just a way for your money to double. We call them compounding periods. As an example, if you got 10% return on your money, There's a rule called the rule of 72 that basically says you're going to double your money every seven years. So if you divide seven into how many working years you have, that tells you about how many compounding periods you have. Sorry, I hope I'm not getting too uh, mathy here. (laughs) But the idea is you want to take advantage of as many compounding periods as you can. And this this is where risk comes in and why crashes like 2000 and 2008 can just set you back because you lose out on compounding periods. And we only have so many in our lifetime. So now we've got the compounding going for us. We got the, we've got the foundation and now we've got time on our side. So let's, let's just let this thing build and grow. And then one of the, well, actually the biggest tax, or excuse me, the biggest bill that any of us have in our lifetime is taxes. So if we can reduce or eliminate taxes, it it just compounds even that much faster. So we want tax-advantaged investments and tax-advantaged income. And then finally, 
we get to leverage. And leverage is a way to take $1 and have it do the work of two, three, four dollars And so we'll use wise leverage to, um, to, in our case, we'll use a solid life insurance policy that's full of cash value, and we'll leverage that into the other assets that can help produce income and growth. Absolutely. Wow. I've learned a lot in our conversations, and now I know why you're so passionate about uh, preaching about the four keys to building wealth, time, compounding, leverage, and tax advantages. And I know our listeners can find out a lot more from you, Dan Thompson, from Wise Money Tools by getting in touch with you and following you, of course, on YouTube and everywhere else. Dan, one more time, how can we do that? Yeah. uh, A quick email is dan at wisemoneytools.com. The website. Same thing, wisemoneytools.com. And then uh, the YouTube channel is Wise Money Tools. It's pretty simple. (laughs) Pretty easy to find you. We'll put that in the show notes as well. Dan Thompson, thanks so much for sharing your expertise, your passion with us. And I look forward to continuing our conversations in the future. That's a wrap for us here on the show, all about small business, jobs, and entrepreneurship. We'll be back next Sunday at 6 p.m. right here on AM560. The answer, as uh, as stated, make sure you get on your favorite podcast app, subscribe, rate, review, and share. We've got a lot more tips, advice, and information for you over there. Um, But to success, let's get down to business. We'll see you next week. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.